Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no off days. Welcome into the No Off Days podcast, the Nod Pod. Chris Cato to my left, BK in the booth. I am Scott Smith. Welcome in. Um, Got to be honest, Chris, I, I don't really feel great right now. Uh, physically, I'm fine, but emotionally, I'm a little drained, a little defeated after what happened last night as we take this uh, at Amelie Arena down the road. We could debate whether physically you're fine. I, you've been <laughs> well, on the, you've been uh, on the smoothie kick lately, and oh I think boy. it's I think you need to as dial it back as, a yeah, little. As long as I don't have any shrapnel in my teeth, I think we're good. Well, um, shrapnel, yeah, there was plenty of that at Amelie Arena last God, night. After. I, I mean, so now they face a three-one deficit. The Lightning do to the Leafs. Uh, they choked away a four-one lead in the second half of the third period in this game. Right when your prediction of a six-two Lightning victory seemed like it looked good, man, you look at Cato yeah. coming with the hockey knowledge, and then they just the train went off the track, and it was a devastating crash in the end there. So they lose five-four in OT. Uh, that is now two overtime losses for this Lightning team, and uh, you know to be in this predicament. I think you could probably make a case that they've actually been, for in terms of minutes played, I think the Lightning have probably been the better team in this series. They look so much better in overtime in Game 3. I, I mean, they just – 95% of the shots were the Lightning on goal, and then you have that right. face-off. They lose the face-off. And it seems like a lot of um, what the Maple Leafs did in Game 4 – when they went on that run and scored, you know, three goals in like seven minutes yep. was just guys getting in the way of Vassy being able to see the puck, right? Yeah, so, that's, I mean, that's why you have defensemen. I mean, they, yeah. they have to be able to clear that out. Um, so it seemed like they definitely let their guard down. Now the question is, can they muster enough courage? I mean, it's not – I don't know if it's a courage thing, but, I mean, that take that drains a lot out of you. Yeah. I mean, it takes an emotional toll when you lose back-to-back overtime games, especially the way this one, last one lasted um, – uh, went down in game four. So, But we do go back to the stats of, of the history of the NHL. And so I will say when coming out of 3-1 deficits, the NHL seems to do it more often than any other American sports league. 31 times it's happened. In fact, it's happened three of the last four years in the, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Okay, there we go. And if you go back to 2011, one of the teams that did it against the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Eastern Conference quarterfinals was the Tampa Bay Lightning. So they have it in the DNA, I suppose, uh, but can they get it done? It does remind me a little bit of you know last year in the Stanley Cup final, um, taking on Colorado. Colorado was the better team yeah. through and through. But they did drop two of those games in overtime. They went down 3-1. Then they go on the road to Colorado. They win that game, give you a glimmer of hope, and then come back home and rip your heart out right in front of you. So we could have a heart-ripping Game <laughs> 7 situation? Well, let's just, Although that would be Game 7 would be in Toronto, right? No, the heart-ripping could be Game 6 Saturday yeah. here in Tampa. But uh, let's just take it one game at a time. All right, let's stay positive. Okay. Yeah. For, for more positivity, let's bring in Brian King. Uh, he is he is the, the prince of positivity, so uh, we welcome him in. Look at him. Look, He's already smiling. How, how do you feel? Are you as defeated as, as Chris and I feel? Uh, defeated, I guess, a little bit. There's just something that seems off of, with Vax. Vassy, man. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's, it's not like the. Nobody wants to say that. Nobody what, wants to say I don't want to say it. I'm I not going to say it. Feels dirty. 
it just it doesn't you know you could lean on him in years past and this year you're just going hey what's up so yeah but if they, they could go up there to toronto win and come back just like you said and and and, and win here look out toronto's been really sweating it but they toronto fans think they have a one Oh yeah, they're they're, oh. they're going nuts up there. Oh yeah, saw them uh, come out and and it's hard because in you know inside Amelie Arena, everybody's wearing the same colors. Everybody's in blue and white. That is, it's that not should until be yeah. it, it's not until you actually like you know you hear the cheers and you hear afterwards you heard the the chants of Go Leafs Go and and I yeah. just wanted to say go go back go yeah. back to uh, Canada. Well, if you get close enough to them, you can smell the maple syrup. That's how you differentiate <laughs> well, that, between the that two would be fan pleasant. bases. See, I would actually like that. It um, may be Canadian whiskey. Not yeah. sure. They are very true. pleasant and uh, polite people, um, even though they're they're poised to make us all sad. They're feeling here. good. Yeah. Let, let's uh, spoil their party. All right, BK. What do we have on today's big program? Uh, this week is draft week. If you haven't known. It is. Yes. So we're going to bring in a... NASCAR? No, not draft, NASCAR. Not NASCAR yeah. draft. Draft not, beer. Not draft. Are we having draft beer this week? Oh, we should have. Well, that'd be nice. Uh, NFL draft. Oh. The second okay. season for NFL. Uh, bringing in someone here in the... Uh, BK just puts up with us. I, I just try to get through. Yeah, He's powering through. I'm just trying, grinding. One, one show at a time, one game at a time. All right. uh, so. Tra- Trevor Sykema, he's, uh, he's known here in this area. Uh, I think he's up in Charlotte now. He's a draft expert, so to speak, with uh, PFF. We're going to get his thoughts on how the draft's shaping up, what to expect, and uh, maybe what the Bucks would be doing uh, with their draft picks. That'd be fun. I don't like to throw around the word guru. Um, but he's a guru. He is okay. And, you know, he's a he's a young man, and uh, it, it's um, the amount of knowledge that he has about the game is uh, impressive. So you, you can throw it around. Call him a guru. Yeah, you'll see. Yeah. We'll we'll make sure that he flosses some of his knowledge on the for our program, our <laughs> viewers. Um, all right, and then at the end of the show, at the end we're going to see how much knowledge you guys have oh boy. for okay. on this draft. Is this another wonderlock wonderlick test? No, no, I didn't it's, do you already well. failed it. <laughs> uh, it's just a little test on the NFL draft and some of the players are in it. We'll see how well you guys know your uh, draft prospects. Oh, I'm pretty good on this. Well, we'll see. I, I feel good about this. Okay. All right, very good. Thanks, BK. Thanks, we'll catch guys. up with you a little bit. If you are listening and you want to watch, go to fox13news.com slash nodpod. If you're watching and you would like to listen or subscribe, take out your phone, zap that QR code on the screen in the bottom right-hand corner. It'll take you to all our shows. And while some will leave you empty inside, like dropping a 4-1 lead with 10 minutes to play, most will just leave you longing for an, an ice bath and an undisclosed lower body injury. Subscribe <laughs> fox13news.com slash nodpod. Let's start uh, on the gridiron. And the big news that has um, kind of led this week is the signing of Aaron Rodgers uh, with the New York Jets, trading, I should say. Uh, the Jets, you know, when you look at the just the details on this deal, I mean, Green Bay, I don't think they get much out of it. It seems like it's just a money dump, right? But Jets get Rodgers plus the Packers' first-round pick this year, which is number 15, plus a fifth-round pick. Green Bay then gets – Jets first round pick which is 13 so basically they, they swap, swap picks yeah. to move up two spots they get a second this year a sixth and then a conditional second next year so essentially you're getting two second round picks out of it I know uh, I think maybe not even I mean depending on how much Aaron Rodgers plays you may just get one I push back slightly I think that the Packers did walk away with a little more than dumping his contract I and I think it's next year I think it's next year's conditional second that becomes a first if he plays 65 percent which is 11 games which he will do I think the Packers I think all this is one of those deals where every party Jets Packers Aaron Rodgers can walk away saying we won 
we did well. I think it's going to work out better for all of them, considering how the Rodgers situation had soured, what they need to do to get, you know, Jordan Love ready to go. And the Jets, you know, they had no alternative at quarterback. They had already moved on, essentially, from Zach Wilson. Well, I think that the real winner is going to be, you know, based on who plays better with the quarterback that they went with. You know, if Jordan Love becomes the next Aaron Rodgers, which I'm, I'm highly skeptical about, um, then, hey, Packers do it again. You know, they, they pull off the unthinkable again, coming up with another, you know, amazing quarterback to follow in the footsteps of a previous Hall of Famer. But uh, I, I'm doubtful on that. I mean, I really – I think I'm, I'm team Jets on this one. I think that they actually are going to come across the big winner. Not only do they have his former OC, Nathaniel Hackett, now leading the offense with the Jets, uh, they bring in Alan Lazard, another guy that uh, obviously Rodgers likes. They have some young playmakers in Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. Um, I think that that team is just a better team. I mean, if you compare it to the Brett Favre situation from, you know, a decade plus ago or whatever. Oh, yeah, it was, that doesn't compare. I mean, he, Favre went into a tough situation. He made that team a lot better. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they went – I think they had four wins the prior year. He took them to a nine-win team. They didn't make the playoffs, but he made the Pro Bowl that year. Yeah. Say, it, the, the, the comparisons are very striking because it, it was, uh, I think, 39. They were both age 39 yeah. when they went on. But uh, – I think Aaron Rodgers is going to do great. I mean, I know he's coming off a tough year, but he's only a, what a year a year removed from an MVP. He'll have the fire. MVPs. He'll have the fire to prove that the Packers didn't get the better end of the deal. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll have a good season. All right. Speaking of the draft, Will Levis, uh, another quarterback that we have mentioned a couple times, uh, especially when it comes to his dietary uh, <laughs> habits. Uh, so his draft odds here have have skyrocketed in the week of the draft. And a lot of people are pointing to a Reddit post. So this is like a, a Reddit gambling post, and now his his um, you know his numbers are off the charts. They've gone from fifty to one to be drafted number one overall to now five to one. Uh, DraftKings has Levis going seven to one now. Um, so these numbers have shot up. Uh, let's see, points bet has Levis going. It went from fifty to one to twenty to one to now ten to one. Uh, MGM. All the sites have bumped up. Why is this? Because of a Reddit post, an anonymous Reddit post where he allegedly told friends and family that Carolina is definitely taking him on Thursday. Yeah. All it said was, ladies and gentlemen, he's telling friends and family Carolina will, in fact, take him on Thursday. You're welcome. That's all it is. That's all it requires. One person. To move yeah. to move the line like that. That's so, incredible. Yeah. Me. And you get people, I read, throwing down $500, $800 when they wake up and see this Reddit post uh, on these odds. <laughs> now, I'm fine if you're the guy who wants to put 10 on it uh, when it was 40 to 1. You want to throw 10 on it? Uh, that's good. That's fine. But to put $500 uh, on these odds now, that I just don't believe, I cannot believe Carolina would pick him over Bryce Young or even C.J. Stroud. I've watched a lot of college football, as you know. Will Levis has all the physical attributes you would want, but when you, okay, he couldn't beat Sean Clifford out at Penn State, so he goes to Kentucky. At Kentucky, he's okay. He throws 23 picks in two years. Many situations, Kentucky last year, they were in one-score games at the end where they needed a drive, and I watch this. He couldn't get it done. He would turn the ball over, careless with the football, not just interceptions, fumbles too, trying to run the ball. With Bryce Young, Anytime he had a game on the line, he came through. He made. I just do not see Will Levis getting drafted right. over Bryce I mean, Young. But a lot of that stuff, I don't know how much, you know, when, when NFL scouts are looking at these guys, you have to take into consideration the quality of team that he's a part of, you know. He, he wasn't on Alabama. 
you know. Well, well, his and Kentucky teammates didn't make him fumble the ball away at the end. I can tell you that. Sure. Like, I mean, but he, but did he just give it away, or did he get hit? And I would, I would, in fact, counter that and say that Bryce Young didn't have much of a supporting cast last year either. I mean, he where had, did Alabama finish? He had it on his shoulders. They finished, and they won, you know, the Sugar Bowl. But that's I only mean, because if they lose top four, five, they lose four or five games without Bryce Young. I, I'm not. I mean, this is not a knock on Bryce Young. I'm just saying that it's tough. You, no, you see, you see. Me, I mean, yeah. but but look at. Uh, I mean, most quarterbacks that are drafted high are not necessarily on the teams that just won the national championship. I mean, Stetson Bennett just won the national championship, and he's probably going to be a, you know, third, fourth round pick, maybe. I, I don't know, but like, when you look at uh, taking Aaron Rodgers, I mean, what was his record at Cal? He, I mean, he individually had had a skill set that NFL scouts looked at and said, now this is something I can work with. I think when they look at Will Levis, they see a guy that has the physical tools that if they can put him in the right system, perhaps perhaps he can flourish. Okay. I just feel like you didn't hear me there. <laughs> I feel like what, I, I feel I like what s- you I heard me you. say is that Kentucky lost a bunch of games as a team. That's not what I said. I said Will Levis lost games. In situations right, where but, they're going to come up in the NFL, I just don't. I got you. And but here's it, my but meta point: it's, they're not going to pick him over Bryce Young. It's okay, not happening. That, that's fine. But you I, put I'm your money on Will Levis if you want to. No, I'm just saying the NFL scouts aren't necessarily looking at all the individual game performances and 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 taking it. Okay, well they they won, they were successful, no turnovers. Like they're looking at a skill set that is generational. Yes, and that that's what would entice them to take a Levis. I'm not saying that they would do that over Bryce Young. But to, to compare his team at Kentucky and you know, Bryce Young at Alabama. Teams. I'm saying should the odds have shot up this much and, and is he going to be drafted number one? This no. is what happens when you touch on Alabama. It just no. it strikes a nerve. You <laughs> it's can nothing see to do with Alabama. He's salivating right now. All right, let's move on then. How about uh, let's talk a little baseball. So there is a story of a baseball fan attempting to attend 10,000 games over the course of his lifetime. Okay. He's he's made it to 9,250 games. His name is Mike Cassiano. And it's really, I mean, this is amazing when you look at what he's chronicled. He has, like, written down on paper all the stadiums he's been to, all the game, like, the stakes, you know, playoff games. He's been to 200 playoff games. He's been to 51 World Series games. He has all the stadiums, the countries. Uh, it's, an, it's an incredible, like, log of games. And I'm like, this guy's oh. definitely not married. I mean, no. There's no way that no that's kids. possible. He's been to 14 Major League Baseball no-hitters, two perfect games. Uh, I mean, he's been to uh, the Trop nine times. That, there you go. Wow, I mean, he that came was back. dedication. He came back. Uh, it, the number one stadium he's been to is Old Shea Stadium. Uh, I think he lives he's in He's a like, Mets fan, right? Yeah. yeah. So he went there, and he's been to 2,477 games. Old Yankee Stadium is second place. Uh, he's been to the Polo Grounds. Uh, Japan, Mexico, the Azteca Stadium. There, uh, it's just uh, he's devoted his life to this. He's well, married okay. to the ga- he's married to the game. You know, we use that we use that kind of cliche, but he is literally married to watching the game. And in every picture I see him, he's holding a couple of tall boys too. That's so what I was looking for here. Is what is his <laughs> cholesterol level right now? How is how is his blood pressure? I, how does he? Ba- is he just independently? Oh, wealthy? there he is. Is, he, a, is he like a trust fund situation? Like. Uh, like, how does he well, afford to do all this? Based on the photo I'm looking at, he may not need to be that wealthy because he's like up in the 400 section at but, this particular game. But I mean, if you're going to baseball games anytime within the last 10 years, you're, you're not traveling. Get, you're, a lot. you're not getting. Yeah. yeah. Plus, he's traveling to all these games overseas, punching that uh, that passport 
incredible stuff. But, uh, yeah, so here for Mike Cassiano. Uh, he actually even went to the – remember the Rays home game that was played at City Field? Of course I remember he, that. He actually detailed that in his notes as well. That, wow. was, what, that was a hurricane situation, right? Yep. I love, these, I love the notes that I'm looking at now. And he scrawled this in pen on a you know, college-line notebook paper. He's got everything here. Do this you is, envy this from like a – would you do, like to do something like this for college football? Oh, definitely. You know me. I would love to be the Winnebago guy, like traveling to I mean, as many – I mean, he probably started when yeah. he was like – you know, a child. I got some catching up to do, but yeah. I think I could catch him. There's not <laughs> as many venues for you to go to, but I think you can at least get to that. If I went D2, D3 games, I could make it happen probably. So how many could you punch out in a year? Well, do I, I have mean, to work? How many, how many weeks? <laughs> There's only so many weeks, the right? Pride. I mean, you can't, unless, you, unless you're double dipping. If you go to like a... A, You'd a, have to do a Monday, a, a Wednesday yeah. night game, a, you know. A, uh, Maction starts on Wednesday night, so we could hit a Thursday night ACC game. And then yeah. do a, if you do a couple of in the right region, you might could get three in on a Saturday, depending if you could get, nah, that's aggressive. But definitely do a noon window and then a. It's going to be hard to answer be hard the 10 to, and 11 o'clock news when you're doing that. I yeah. need to talk to Mike about what is, how did he pull this off. Mike doesn't <laughs> does have a job. What does he do for a living? <laughs> what does he, I know. Yeah, what do you do for a living? Oh, boy. Um, okay. Speaking of uh, of legends, um, so Kentucky, Louisville, legendary coach, current St. John's coach Rick Pitino. You know, yeah, you know when you go to Knicks games or you just see the video of people at Knicks games, it's always like the shot of the montage of all the celebrities. Yeah. So you got Ben Stiller, Spike Lee, all the big names, right? So Rick Pitino is it part of that montage. He attends the Knicks game the other day, and I swear it's like a three second clip of him <laughs> dissolving in between celebrities. And in that little tight window, he apparently had m- given his phone number to somebody. You can't see who he's talking to. When he, you say give, you mean he spoke he's it. He spoke it. He spoke yeah. it out there. And now lip readers have gone back. There's no audio associated with it. And they've actually determined what his phone number is. The whole, <laughs> the whole number's out there. Area code and everything. And so people have now texted him incessantly. He says he's received over 300 text messages. Uh, he said he even has been able to uh, – he has leads on seven new recruits. Oh, this was it. a strategy. But he's had to he's this. had to change his number, apparently. But I, I figured we could put it to the test. What do you think? But what? Call his number? Yeah, I, I think, got it right I think, here. He, I think he's changed it. Do you want to call no, – well, we can try. We can this, – this? Hang on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to okay. do it. This is going to be a, a nod pod first. Here. Oh, boy. This says he's changed it, so we'll find out. Well, it's a 914 – I mean, look, he's probably had the cell phone for a long time. It's probably, yeah. you know, as a coach, it's extremely valuable because you're, you know, trying yeah. to stay in touch with recruits and whatnot. So and new jobs. It's, it's hard to change your number, but uh, we'll see. Maybe he just said that so people would back off. So area code is 914. Yeah. What, what area code is that? I don't know. Look it up. All right. Um, yeah, you're right. I should do that while you're and calling. That's the only number I'm going to. Okay. Here we go. All right. I'm, I'm going to put it on speakerphone. This is not going to work. It's a uh, New York area code. What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like his voice. That was his voice. <laughs> oh, so, oh, Coach Patino. Yeah, yeah, he I'm, did change You were it. the first person to try that, I'm sure. Yeah, the the oh. funny thing is he says that in those 300 messages he got, he said, I don't know why he felt the need to say this, that 95% of them were nice. <laughs> what would we assume they would be, Rick? What I'm more interested in is in the 5%. <laughs> what did they say? But that is pretty cool that he yeah. got. He says he got seven leads on new recruits. This oh is my. how it. This was a strategy of his. You know, Rick's kind of showing his age. He's 70. How do we give out our phone number these days? 
send contact what yeah you don't you airdrop it you text yeah. it to, you don't babble it on my number yeah. is <laughs> nine, nine one read my lips look yeah. i know it's loud in here nine one yeah so oh, good stuff. Uh, yeah so it's a lesson to all of us because there's lip readers that exist are you one <laughs> Look, I'm covering my mouth now so people can't see what's coming up next on the show. Oh my Here's gosh. what we're going to do. Yeah, well. We're going to bring Brian in and a special guest. Oh, that went out on microphone. Let's do that right now. What do you say? Well, it is finally draft week, Chris. Uh, I'd say we need to find a draft guru, and better yet, if we find a Tampa native who happens to do that. Is there such a thing? There is, in fact. Oh. We found exactly the candidate. We welcome to the show uh, PFF draft analyst, host of the show NFL Stock Exchange. You can find it on YouTube. Trevor Sikama joining the program. Hey, welcome back, back in virtually to the Tampa Bay area. Nice. Great to see you. Oh man, it uh, it feels so good to to hear those words and to be uh, to back be back on the uh, Tampa airwaves one way or another. I miss it. I miss it a lot. So getting to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is is a way to keep me close to home. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, we're gonna dive into that. I want to get your your broad sense of the draft as well. But since this is kind of like your Super Bowl week, right? I mean, are there nerves going into this? I mean, you've probably done, what, 8,000 mock drafts at this point. You've poured over uh, 20,000 draft candidates. Uh, like, where are you this week mentally? Yeah, 8,001, actually. Don't uh, don't shortchange me there with that one mock draft. No, it's, it's, it's always a fun process. And this week is always such a blast because you get such a crazy amount of information here at the very end there's a lot of people who are very plugged in i think throughout the industry who release their final rankings their final mock drafts and their final findings everything that they've heard talking with teams talking with scouts and so it's always a really fun process for me to evaluate these players myself come up with my own rankings my own independent rankings my own independent big board and then get to hear more of what the NFL might be thinking, do a final projection mock draft, and then see what happens, obviously, on the first day on Thursday night. So it really is – it feels like Christmas week to me. There's a lot of nerves, but it's a lot of fun nerves because the work that we get to do here during this week is uh, what we've been working for for a long time. So it's fun to see it all play out. It really is. Chris, I figured you'd want the first question, and that – probably be who's going to be number one overall right <laughs> i love it when you give me the question to ask uh that makes my job so much easier yeah i think that's obvious we get that out of the way now so if it's christmas morning and the carolina panthers are unwrapping their gift is it going to be a tiny quarterback from alabama which seems to be the uh the the trend right now do you agree that bryce young will be taken number one overall trevor i do you look at uh you look at the, the lot of vegas odds right now and shoot Two, three weeks ago, we were talking about a toss-up between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And shoot, some places even had C.J. Stroud still as the betting favorite. Now it is overwhelmingly Bryce Young. I mean, he's minus 2,000 money to go number one overall. Yeah, and and why is that? And I'll, I'll tell you why. Because this was the answer all along, guys. I think that throughout the process, it's fun having the ups and downs of draft season and saying, well, this guy could go high though. Well, this guy could go high, but ultimately through the roller coaster, we always end back up almost where we started in a lot of these different topics. And I think for this one specifically, I was really thrown off when the Panthers traded a number one overall. And, and what happened when that was, when, when, when that took place, we heard about Will Levis. We heard about Anthony Richardson. We heard about CJ Stroud. We heard about all these guys who could be potential number one. And nobody really talked about Bryce Young. And I was like, hold on. Okay, this is a little odd to me that we're trying to drum up all this new interest with a new team at number one overall 
when the guy that we've been talking about going number one no longer on the table, I find it's a little strange. So I think that we're getting back to status quo, what was actually the favorite all along in Bryce Mead number one. And this isn't just a projection for me either. I would be taking Bryce Young number one overall, and I wouldn't be thinking twice about it. I think it's because of the the lost footage, right? The, the lost game, the they, lost they game. They found tapes some they, hidden tape. They yes. finally, yeah, it was up in the attic. <laughs> or they found they, uh, Frank Reich. It's true. He doesn't just like tall quarterbacks. Well, it, that's you know. I, I, I was just about to say that's good. I have not heard the lost footage one before. Yeah, that's a good you one. Got to dust him off. And oh wow, you know what? He does deserve to go number one overall. Um, all right, so that that of course the quarterback situation here is. I mean, you named a, a few of them, but in addition to Young and Stroud and Levis, I mean. We have, you know, a guy a little closer to home in, in Anthony or in uh, uh, Anthony Richardson. But how many quarterbacks do you could you see conceivably going in that top 10, Trevor? I think all four could definitely go in the top 10. I, I really do. Um, I think people are all over the place with the Levis. I feel like he is the biggest wild card, but it does seem like the NFL is higher on him than a, a lot of media people. I think that the same could be said for like a Tyree Wilson, right? I think that we're seeing and I'm just naming off examples of, of players that media is either higher or lower on the NFL doesn't seem to agree with at least from all the the, the rumors that we're getting I think CJ Stroud maybe is going to drop a little bit it, it definitely seems as though Houston is not as locked into taking a quarterback at number two as we thought uh, if they don't have that conviction there they might go with the first defensive player off the board instead could be Tyree Wilson could be Will Anderson and I think if that's the case maybe Arizona finds a trade partner to go up to number three but imagine a world mm -hmm. where Arizona doesn't imagine a world where the price isn't right for them to move down or the team that is offering them the deal that they like the most is trading way too far back right outside of the top 10 and they don't want to do that they still want to get a good player that team needs a lot of new talent right now so if a quarterback doesn't go two and three all of a sudden we have a situation where a couple weeks ago a month ago we were talking quarterbacks going one two three four yeah. and in reality, it might be a lot more spaced out than that. Now, I don't think it gets more spaced out than the top 12. I think all four of these guys are going to be top 12 quarterbacks. At least that is certainly what it seems to be at this point. But it might not be that one, two, three, four run that we were predicting late February, early March. It might be a little bit more spaced out than that. The trades are the X factor that always make that Thursday night, the first night of the first yeah. round of the draft, so much more exciting. Just kind of the unknown of what's going to happen what in your mind trevor are the most likely trade scenarios that are going to play out so obviously arizona's sitting there at number three they really control a lot of the draft i'm not so sure houston wants to get out of that number two spot i think they want to have their call at who they're going to get at that point whether it's a quarterback or the best non-quarterback off the board Indianapolis, or sorry, Arizona, then they're at number three. That that becomes the hot spot, right? If you want to come up and get a quarterback in front of Indianapolis because you know Indy's going to go and get a quarterback, you got to come up and get him. So I think that that makes a lot of sense. There's plenty of teams that I think could be involved there. Seattle maybe wanting to jump over Indianapolis to get like an Anthony Richardson type could be in the cards. Vegas might be in play, although I think that they've definitely cooled on the trade talks. They might be all right with just waiting to see if a quarterback kind of comes to them at number seven. You know, Philly could get aggressive. They've definitely played their cards very well over the last couple of years to give themselves that flexibility to move up maybe even a massive jump up to number three to go get a big time defensive player we've heard some rumors about tennessee as well but another another trade in the top 10 that i think could very well happen is if that slide of quarterbacks does kind of start to happen and let's say we get around pick eight when atlanta comes on the board and there's either one or two of those top four quarterbacks still there atlanta to me feels like a team that is very willing to trade back and, and I think I don't think they want to go too far 
But I do think that they're looking to get out of that eight spot, get some extra draft capital, because I also think this is a team that probably wants to trade back into the first round to maybe go get a corner or edge rusher, whoever they don't take with their first selection. So those are the two hot spots for me. Look for Arizona to trade down, but also look for the Falcons to trade down as well. What's your read on on Richardson as a, as a pro? I mean, obviously, he, he, I, I, I mean, every year you have somebody that comes out of the combine that everybody's talking about. And, you know, his this legendary combine performance. And we know that he is physically extremely gifted. But what do you think that transition is going to look like? I think he's got to go to the right team. And when I say go to the right team, I don't just necessarily mean the team with a lot of talent around him to be able to help him. What I really mean is he's got to go to a team that has head coach security and general manager security because when we make josh allen comparisons to guys like anthony richardson and and guys that we have done this before in the past as well i think we forget the most important part about josh allen's development he was allowed to fail first year and a half of josh allen's career in the nfl he looked bad it was like it was a bad quarterback Mm -hmm. but brandon bean at general manager and sean mcdermott at head coach they were so entrenched in their positions. They weren't going anywhere where they didn't have to hook this guy early. They they truly got with him and said, look, you're going to struggle, but we're going to be here for you. And in doing that, they allowed Josh to struggle, but learn from his struggles to not lose that confidence because that's the biggest X factor of a lot of these really high talented quarterbacks that just don't make it. It's because they get thrown out there They play bad, and instead of learning those lessons and getting better, they instead lose confidence. And then the head coach is probably under a lot of stress. The general manager is under a lot of stress because, of course, if you take a swing on a quarterback early, that's your job on the line. And so for Richardson, I think above all, I would love for him to go to a spot where he can be allowed to fail and yet continue to have that confidence within himself. And if that's the case, I really do believe we're going to get a really damn good NFL player year two, year three of his NFL career. Mm -hmm. Trevor, the narrative is that this is uh, not a good class for wide receiver. Do you agree with that? And who do you see as, as the top receiver in the class? Yeah, it's definitely a down year for for wide receivers. I think it's a down draft class overall, which is actually going to make the first round extremely interesting to me because there aren't the there aren't these obvious uh, twenty five first round grades that every team has out there. I think that the average that we're going to get of first round grades from NFL teams is going to be somewhere between 15 and 20. Mm -hmm. And yet we know that 31 picks still have to be made in the first round. So I think that it's going to get a little bit wacky. And I think the wide receiver class is an area where we could see a lot of, a lot of volatility over the last three years, three draft classes. I think that we've been trained to believe the wide receivers is just going to go high, no matter what six wide receivers drafted in the first round of 2020, five in 2021, six in 2022. So six, five, six. I'd be surprised if we get more than three. And I don't even know if we get more than two. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is the obvious. I think that he is going to go in round one. I think that a lot of teams around the NFL believe that he is that top guy because at least he has the floor of a player who you know is not going to get overwhelmed at the NFL level. After that, Jordan Addison, but you're worried about the size. Uh, Quentin Johnson, but he doesn't really play like a big man. Josh Downs, more of just a slot player. Are you okay with that return on investment in the first round? Zay Flowers, a lot of his you know, touches were very schemed up. Is he going to become the route runner that you want him to? Is he going to be that downfield route running threat? Like There are good things about a lot of the rest of this wide receiver class, but there's also more cons than it feels like there have been in years past. So I really do think that 
we're only locked into one wide receiver guaranteed in the first round. And I'd be shocked if we get more than three listening to how the NFL seems to value these guys. What about edge rusher? Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about this being a, a deep edge rusher class. Uh, we see the, the Jalen Carter slide a little bit going on right now. Uh, do you expect that to hold? And what do you think about the depth of that position? I don't think Jalen Carter is getting out of the top six. I really don't. I think one of Seattle and, and Detroit are taking him at five or six. I don't think he's going to get past that. Uh, we haven't learned anything new about his off the field stuff, whether it was the incident that happened with him in January or, you know, sure. We're learning a lot of, uh, we're, we're reading a lot of anonymous quotes from scouts right now about Jalen Carter and how some teams might worry about his conditioning and, and how much he loves football and how, how much he wants to be out there and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's not like this is new, Typical. right? It's not yeah. like teams are learning this for the first time. And I think you still hear his name up in that area for a reason. So I, I do think that he's still going five or six. He's too talented. I, I think if you just looked at the film, he'd be the number one overall player in this class, but it is a really deep edge rush group. I'm looking at PFF's draft board right now and um just their big board and we've got so many different edge rushers within the top 100 so many within the top 60 it's it's not like even will anderson at the top i like will anderson a lot i think he's going to be a really great pro but there's no doubt about it will won primarily off athleticism at the college level he, he's not this you know pass rush proficient master yet hmm. and so to to think that he's going to be day one in the nfl i mean that's just not watching the tape correctly nolan smith same way great athlete doesn't have the pass rush plan yet lucas van ness tyree wilson same thing that's just not polished pass rushers miles murphy i think that oh, i i just named basically the, the the top six edge rushers that we have on pff's big board and all of them you could say yeah they're not finished products yet there's things that we like but they're still they still have a ways to go to really be these top pass rushers in the NFL. But when you combine them with a handful of other names, Will McDonald, Adetimi Wadabuare, BJ Ojolari, Keon White, Nick Herbig, uh, Felix Anandike Ozama, right? So many different edge rushers. It does make for a pretty deep class. And I do think that we're going to get a lot of rotational, at the very worst, pass rushers throughout the rest of the league that's going to get filled out this weekend. These names you spout off, I, I just want to <laughs> sit back and just marvel at your ability to spout. Are you hearing these? In, are these in your dreams? Are these <laughs> random, like, Jackson Smith and Jigbas just rolling through your Wayne's head? World. Dream yeah. Peter Swarovski. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. <laughs> they basically are at this point. It's, it is funny when, uh, when you get the – you realize how into a draft class you are when you can start pronouncing or spelling the names of these prospects just without even having to hesitate about it. Northwestern's yeah. edge rusher, Adetemiwa Adabare, right? I mean, like, that's I've, I've <laughs> said it. that name so many times throughout the last couple of months that uh, – yeah, I, I got to be ready. I got to be ready for the draft show that we have this weekend. So that's fun. That's well, it is uh, somewhat hypnotic on our end to, to watch you do it. So, uh, all right, let's talk a little Bucks. Uh, yeah. This is your team. They have 19 uh, overall. Um, whether they stay there, move up and down. Um, I mean, you talked about edge rusher. That seems like that could be a position that was, you know, obviously we don't know where Shaq's going to be coming out right. of the gates. He says he's going to be healthy. Um, what do you think the greatest position of need is for the Bucks at 19? Something along the trenches, right? You're either looking at an edge rusher, a true edge rusher, somebody who could really get after the passer, or something along the offensive line. I, I, you move on from Donovan Smith uh, in the long run. I do think that that was probably the best move for them, but there's no doubt about it that the offensive line was the main issue of why this offense did not play as well as it could have last year. And um, and you lose one of your starters uh, any way you slice it, that's not great. So they bring in Matt Filer, and he's a, a good veteran player who could start at tackle for you if you don't end up drafting one that you think can start on day one. But 
I think at 19 overall, they're going to look at the tackle class. And I think that there's a chance they might trade up a little bit. I don't think Jason's going to get too aggressive for it. But, you know, if a couple of tackles keep sliding and, and they like one of Darnell Wright or Broderick Jones, mm-hmm. Peter Skaronsky, somebody that they might believe they can start at left tackle or right tackle opposite Tristan Wirfs day one, I think that's something they're going to look at pretty hard. You mentioned edge rusher, no doubt about it. There, a lot leans on Shaq Barrett being healthy for this team because I like Joe Tryon Shoyinka, but the breakout has not happened yet right. for him. There's reason to believe it could happen this year, right? The timeline for a lot of edge rushers has been this year three for them, especially given the rotation of defensive linemen he was working through over the last couple of years, some of the flashes that we saw in training camp and in the preseason. Plenty of reason to believe that he could be that guy who could really be a backfield force this year, but he hasn't been it yet. And I do believe that either in the first round, second round, third round, somebody within the first three rounds, they're going to want to get an edge rusher that at the very least they think can get in that rotation. So when I look at Tampa's areas of need, I do think that it's got to be one of those trenches that you're looking at with your premium picks. Yeah, I think secondary is too. I hope, I don't I don't think you'll be there, but I, I hope they draft Brian Branch. I would love to. Love to see uh, him come to Tampa there's Bay. Re- there's reason to believe that Brian Branch could be available uh, at, at, at 19. I, I wouldn't have thought that back in February when we were going around the combine, just like listening to him talk and just listening to how some general managers talked about Brian Branch, the things that we were learning. He's such a solid football player. I mean, to play the nickel position for Saban's defense, the way that he has the last couple of years, the reliability, the communication, the anticipation, there were a lot. I mean, the dude has missed, I think, two or three total tackles yeah. in two, ye- two, yeah, two whole whiff. years. Two yeah. three whole years. It's insane the amount of missed tackles that this guy has for playing a position which he is always near and around the ball and around the linebacker level at the second level too. So Brian Branch is phenomenal. I think that he'd be great for him. And of course, it would allow Todd Bowles to do what he wants to do, and that is free up Antoine Winfield Jr. to play as that more center mm-hmm. fielder type of safety back there if you have a true nickel and Brian Branch to be able to alleviate him of that. Jason Light has been able to find guys, uh, you know, on the second and third day, uh, those middle round picks. You know, some of those guys have signed some big contracts with this team here recently. So give us maybe a couple names off the reservation a little bit that uh, that you think could be day two, day three guys that could work for this team. Okay, so one that immediately comes to mind is Tennessee's Byron Young. Uh, I, I mentioned that if they don't end up getting an edge rusher, like let's say – Let's say they draft Brian Branch at 19 and then another player who I really like in Matthew Bergeron, the offensive lineman from Syracuse in the second round. Okay, then they're hitting nickel corner, they're hitting offensive tackle, but these were two really good positions that they couldn't pass up. Come around to the third or fourth round and you got a guy like Byron Young who is available for you. Now, he's a little bit older. He didn't start playing football until well into his college years. He ended the Bucks up playing no older. School. The Bucks <laughs> definitely know older. I mean, that's true. So I mean, if he's under out. 45, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's gonna. Well, he's under forty-five, so that that is good. I think that then that checks the box. Hendon that's Hooker is not. Their, Hendon Hooker is not. That's underneath their friend. Yeah, right. Hendon might be. He might be closing in on that. Yeah. But young, um, he started playing football in college at Georgia Military Academy uh, when he saw a flyer while he was working his job at Dollar General, and he came out to play. And they're like, "Okay, well, you're a starter immediately." <laughs> uh, awesome. And two years into it, he ends up getting offers from SEC schools. Goes to Tennessee. The explosiveness is incredible. He doesn't really know what he's doing yet, but, man, that natural athletic ability is there. To me, he could definitely be somebody that 
fills into a pass rush rotation. I like Carl Brooks from Bowling Green for that reason as well. Another versatile dude. Tyler Steen from Alabama might not have the pedigree that other offensive linemen at Alabama have had over the years, but I think he could play guard for you. I think he could play tackle. He's a really nice guy who I think could be a third, fourth round pick, something like that. And then, you know, a lot of people talk about Bijan Robinson, right, for the Buccaneers. And I don't know if he's going to be there at 19. I don't know if they would take him at 19. But I do think they need someone, you know, to spell Rashad White. And so handful of running backs who I would really like for them to take an eye on in rounds three, four, maybe beyond. Roshan Johnson from Texas, Bijan Robinson's teammate. Big, upright, powerful running back. I think he could be fantastic for him. Chase Brown, somebody who I think runs with a lot of power. Keaton Mitchell is somebody who I like. Is a smaller back, but dude who's got a fantastic track background. Used to be a 100-meter sprinter. And man, is he fun. He's one of the most small small players on the field, but he just understands the game so well. So I'd love to see them make a splash of running back as well. Tank Bigsby would also be a dream for him, third, fourth round, but I'm not so sure he gets there. So that's kind of my game plan of a couple of players who I would look at and uh, end of day two, early parts of day three that they might be interested in. For our viewers out there, this is the point in the show where you pause it, you get your decodering out, which would be your draft roster, and go back and listen to all the names that Trevor just discussed, and then just now now you can realign yeah. yourself with what was just said. But a lot of good info right there, Chris. I feel like Trevor could give us Mr. Irrelevant <laughs> this year. If we needed the Brock Purdy of this class, will be on the spot, Trevor. Oh, Who is it? Oh, boy. The Brock Purdy of this class? Yeah. Does it have to be a Does it have to be a quarterback? Or can no. It be just throw a name out there. We Scott and I won't even know if it's a real player. Just say anything. Uh, all right. I'm gonna say Muhammad Ibrahim, the halfback from Minnesota. Not super <laughs> athletic, but extremely productive over the last couple of years. Came off of injury, proved himself again oh, this boy. past year, and so there you go. Okay. The guy if who you, you know nail that, make the roster is a special team. If you nail that, Trevor, Chris is buying you steak dinner. Okay. I will. At, right. at I'll Ta- take that's it. The in deal. Tampa, you got to come to Tampa though. Come see us. Burn, we'll get you back Listen. at Burns. No, we'll I can't afford happen. Burns. No, we're going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a I'm more of a Charlie's guy. I like that wood char- wood fired grill taste anyway. I am too. Isn't it good? What? Now, yeah. now we're just going together. Now it's yeah, a let's go. Now we're, now we're just going together. You don't even got to buy it for me. You're, you're talking my life. I like it. All right. so. Trevor Sikama, we appreciate your insights, and we are so looking forward to this year's draft, and, and you have shed a big light on how we're going to think through these next few days. So we appreciate you spending some time with us. Thanks for being a part of the Nod Pod. Thanks, Trevor. Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on the pod. We'll have to do it again soon, guys. Sounds good. Trevor Sikama, how about that? Man, a lot of info right there, Chris. Wow. Uh, you know, as, as we – Tape this, of course, this can be used. But for those of you watching later in the week, you're going to say, you know, nah, I I knew what the right one was. And obviously, you know, Trevor missed it. But, you know, in advance, super helpful. (laughs) Super helpful. I think in retrospect, they're going to say, wow, Trevor knew his stuff. Yeah, he nailed them all. All right. Let's bring BK back in. Uh, This game that I've been looking forward to, you kind of, again, you you gave us a little bit of a tease, but I'm not really sure. I know that we have a whiteboard that has been brought out to us here on set. Yes. And a, and, a, and a dry erase marker. I thought of something that would combine two things that we all like, NFL, NFL draft, and spelling. We're always <laughs> exactly. spelling back here. Exactly. So why not name some prospects? I'll give you out some names of prospects to see if you and Cato, how well you know these guys, you can knock out their spellings. And I hope you're paying Just attention all to All I need to know is how to spell their name. That's it. That's it. You don't have to tell Just me their last size. Name, first you, name? You can do last. Name. Let's do the whole name. Okay. What if we give you their shuttle drill time? Uh, I will we'll take that into consideration. Okay. That would be a maybe okay. a bonus point. How do we know who wins? Just who I, I'm keeping correctly? score here. And uh, and what I've done is broken these names down 
into like degrees of difficulty. So ones that are worth one point, you know, are pretty easy. Three points are semi, you know, difficult. Five points, those are some tough ones. Uh, and then we'll go to the bonus question at the end, which I, there's no way you'll know it. Okay. I, I, there's I, no way you'll know it. <laughs> You've issued the challenge. But I will tell you that uh, Trevor mentioned, I think, most of these names in his uh, in oh, our interview. So you got a little the, bit. Oh. So you well, may have we'll some. We'll see if you were paying attention so you know how to pronounce them. That's going to be the uh, tough part. That's, that's going to be fun. <laughs> You're dead on there. wait for the Nigerian name. <laughs> All right. Here we go. This right. is our easy. We're this is the easy one right here. Let's go with edge rusher out of Georgia Tech. Keon White. Keon White. Write it on your whiteboard, and Scott, you show us first, and then we'll get Cato's answer. Oh, boy. I already don't like it. It doesn't look right. And can we just reveal it? Just reveal time? it, okay. yeah. All right. That's, I'm going with that. Uh, I added an extra. I bought it. Let me out. see Scott's. Scott wins. Scott gets the point. That was a one-pointer. I'm going to be in trouble when we get to three points. (laughs) All right. right. One to nothing. One nothing. Okay, for our audio audience, the correct spelling is K-E-I-O-N-W-H-I-T-E. Correct. It's not C-H-I-O-N-E-Y, as I had. We can't neglect our our (laughs) audio-only audience, but if you're you're listening, you should be watching as well. Yes. Ooh, right. okay, I got two one two players here I'm trying to decide between. Let's go with uh, three-pointer, a little bit more difficult. Uh, wide receiver out of Texas A&M, Devon A-Chain. Okay, you're going to have to pronounce that again. Devon origin. A- it's, A-Chain. It's Devon. Devon. All right, Devon. I, I misspelled <laughs> the first name I missed. Yeah, let's make sure you're Devon spelling. A-Chain. The, the, oh, they're correct, man. Spe- say the last name one more time. A-Chain. A-Chain. Can we, just do, can we just do the last game? Uh, I don't know about the first name here. All right, I'm going to reveal mine. Okay. Scott's over here doing math or something. How does that look? Well, let me see Scott's. He's got an H. <laughs> H. For, a, for our audio audience, Scott has spelled H-A-N, H-E-I-C-H-A-N-E. Cato uh, wins that one. Did yeah. he? Did he actually get it right? He did. All right, spell it for the audience. It's D E V O N A C H A N E A chain. Well, I th- it was a three pointer. I thought you were. I like the silent H you threw on his name. I right did though. too. Good call. Do you want another three pointer just yeah. for kicks? Yeah, let's get a wide receiver one. out of LSU, Kayshawn Butte. Kayshawn Butte, wide receiver LSU. I feel like this one just goes exactly how it sounds. I think you just, you know. It's a three-pointer. I'm having trouble with my marker here. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, I'll go first. Let me see Scott. Sean Boutte. He, he spelled Boutte like <laughs> Boutte call. <laughs> I, I like that. Let me see. <laughs> All right, we're going to get It looks like, you know how and these And then you um, got a B-O-U-T-T-E. Cato got it right. French name. He even got he even got the first name He got the K, Sean. Correct. K-A-Y-S-O-N. S-H-O-N, I'm sorry. S-H-O-N. Yeah, you're swimming in deep water here, Smith. I, I missed both Okay, but that's, a, those, right, that's so two SEC schools. i got to get away from that for Cato. All right, let's go to five-pointers. Six, six to one, right? Two, it is six to one. I could draw even with just this. Yes. Don't. Let's go to five-pointer center out of Michigan. Here we go. Osegun Oluwantimi. Oh, my gosh. Oh, on. that's not a real player. Say, say just the first name first. Osegun. Osegun. That's the, that's the first name? Osegun. Yeah, Osegun. 
Wait, you just said it two different yeah, ways. I heard an L the first time you said it. <laughs> Come on. Say it again. Oh. You're disparaging this young man and his family, and okay. you don't pronounce I, it correctly. Osagoon Olowatimi. I just need the first name. Osagoon. Osagoon. Yes. There's no way. I, this There's is no take way. take me 10 minutes. Do you want me to get you another name? Nope. We're going to get this one. Osagoon Olowatimi. Olowatimi. Uh, use it in a sentence, please. Uh, this player will be drafted in the second round. Okay. Could I have country of origin, please? Uh, I think Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Osegun. Now say the last name one more time. Oluwatimi. Oluwatimi. Oh, I think you gave it to me there. No, I think I did. I would have said Oluwatimi, but uh, here you go. This is my answer. Osegu. No. That is incorrect. I'm so shocked I missed that. Okay, let me Scott's. see. Scott's handwriting is much better. It, it is, but no. It is, and I, I butchered it by the pronunciation. Okay. It is O L U S E G U N. That's O Sugun, right? Oluwatimi. O L U W A T I M I. Oh, I was off by one letter on the last name. Yes. I, well, we, we if we combined our last yeah. names, we could have gotten it right. Then you, you got, got the you first get, part did right. Did you get the I first name the right? No. Okay. No. No. We're no. looking for help. Here. You want sure another five pointer? Did you have a, a yeah. Z in the first name? I didn't. <laughs> I knew I heard you say an L the first time you pronounced it, but no. I didn't put an L. In uh, okay. There. How about right. this? Well, let me give you another five pointer because I. Okay. This everybody knows this one. C.J. Stroud. Close. It's uh. Probably the first receiver taken. Jackson Smith in Jigba. Oh, I got this one. Taking this one to the house. And I'm going to try to write neatly like my co-host does. This is worth five points. Kate, uh, Scott could catch up. This one I want to call a foul on because it has part of Scott's last name in it. Okay. So he's going to have an advantage. <laughs> well, I know I still got it wrong, but let's try that. You oh, you gotta have I, a I J that, in there. See? I, why did I do that? I knew that that was wrong. All right, audio audience. No, I, it, Scott added that G, so that's incorrect. Jackson is J X S O N. Yes. Smith is uh, the correct spelling of Scott's last name S M I T H hyphen. <laughs> that's it, the one I got wrong. In Jigba, <laughs> N J I G B A. Dead on, man. Holy so, cow. There's no, I, I, I'm done, right? No, no, well, if we got to give you a 10-pointer, and if you get that, then. I'm in. Well, I have 11, don't I? No. I yeah, but he's got one. Scott's got one, so he okay. can tie you. Oh, then we don't want to tie. All right, here we go. Ties like. All right. Oh, oh boy. Addy Tom Iwa. Addy Tom Iwa. Adba He's a defensive tackle out of North, Northwestern. North oh gosh, you are just say it again. These. I, I think say, it is. Say just the first name. Addy Tomawa. I, I wrote this out phonetically. Addy Tomawa. That's the first name. Addy Baware is the last name. Addy Tomawa Adabaroway? Correct. Boy. This is suspenseful here. Say the last name one more time. Adaba <laughs> Wore. Adaba no, I mean, there's, there's just not a chance. There's no way I'm even getting remotely close. There you go. There's my spelling. I feel good about this one. I go 
<laughs> I do. I've got to okay. get this. I mean, that's Scott just... just wrote an eye chart, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> our, our video audience is going to appreciate this. Yeah. Okay, let me see Kato's. All right, I've, I got a 10-pointer here. I got it. A-D-T-O. Read it out. I can't read it. A-D-E-T-O-M-I-W-A. Okay. Adebaware is A-D-E-B-A-W-O-R-E. Correct. Kato, how'd you get that? Wow. Wow. All right. Check his uh, laptop because he might have been (laughs) on. He might have been. You you want to know? Well, once you you gave the idea that we're going to be spelling some names, I think uh, Kato probably did some extra Googling. You want to know what I did? It's okay. I'll I'll be honest because I I don't want you to feel bad about losing to me 21 to 1, Scott. Um, (laughs) I did look this morning at the names of the top 100 prospects, and I have a near photographic memory, and so I committed some of those to memory. There you go. So wow. he's a cheater, everybody. I, just that's not cheating. Absolutely, 100%. Chris Cato just admit to cheating. 21 um, to 1. All right, so I think game. that is uh, – he's eliminated, right? I mean, don't I win with my one point because he just admitted to cheating? No, I didn't admit to cheating. He took performance-enhancing drugs prior to this contest. Because I studied? No, eliminated. You're done. So this guy, I texted him this morning, and I said, don't you be studying the names of these prospects. As he did. And he said, (laughs) I mean, this is getting worse for you, man. (laughs) Let me me read your reply. You said, I never prepare for anything. And I think that's the problem we have here on this podcast. No, I didn't say. Yes, you said. said He's lying. Now he's lying on top of cheating. He never prepares, Brian. Well, should we give him Scott one chance to tie it? No. Henry Tuatua. If he look, I should get even if I looked ahead of time at names. The fact that I could memorize this, I deserve something. I deserve a victory for memorizing. You do. You Ada do. Tamiwa Adabaore. Yeah. But, even if he cheated, he should get he points, right? No. Just like uh, you know Barry Bonds. Listen. Right? Even if he cheated, listen he should to still me. Still be the home run. Cheating king. would be reading off of my laptop, which I did not do. <laughs> and my, my correct response to Cato, just to, to correct the record here, as our journalist on set seems to uh, mis- be misremembering the facts. Fake news. Uh, I said, don't worry. I never study for anything. I don't have to. So uh, I don't. So right. I don't, I don't think study. about spelling. Yeah, spelling even names. though you knew this was coming up in the show. You didn't <laughs> exactly. That's okay. exactly why I didn't. I, think, <laughs> I mean, this you guy. Know, you talk about wanting like, to take this podcast to the next his, level, and you oh come in here God. unprepared. Oh, guys, guys, guys. Uh, it's like Delicato last week. No material. Okay. This is this episode is going to end in a wrestling match. No, no. That, no. There's only one way. We, we'll BK, you're going to have to get, come out from that broom closet and no, break us up. We'll I will say. It, next it week. all went off the rails when I started talking about Alabama, and you saw his feathers get all ruffled up. And now he's coming out. All right. Let's do it next week, and we'll just saddle it with spelling production crew members' names. Oh, you want to do that? BK. Yeah, there uh, you go. Chris, K-R-I-S. There you go. There we go. I would have missed that <laughs> you one. You would have missed it. Yeah. All right. Anyways. All right. Awesome, well, guys. you know, it Sorry. was a fun show despite uh, it was good. despite the heated uh, tension in the room here. We're going to let some of that out. Um but big thanks to uh, our guest, of course, uh, Trevor Sikama, coming on and uh, shedding some uh, some knowledge, sharing some with us. And uh, we appreciate him coming on. We appreciate BK, our production crew. I even appreciate the cheater to my left, Chris Cato. The winner. Make sure you check out our podcast at fox13news.com slash nodpod. QR code on the screen. Uh, you can watch in video version and you can listen as well in audio. But it's not going to be as good because we have spelling, <laughs> we have spelling contests on this show apparently <laughs> all right very good thanks boys best of luck in your draft pick them spell bootay for me one more time <laughs> b-o-o i'm done my bootay's out of here until the next time we are on there are no updates 
Oh, that was great.